Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this episode of Q&A with me, your host, Dallin Haas. Again, this series, this podcast, this YouTube channel is all about you as a federal employee, getting the most out of your benefits, your investments, your retirement, so that you can retire comfortable and confident. That's what we're all about here. We're gonna answer some questions that I received weeks ago. So if you have any questions, submit them in, in the link in the description below, and you might just be featured on a future episode. So without further ado, and today I'll give you a snapshot. We're talking about taxes and how your taxes probably are gonna go up in the future. So definitely stay tuned and let's dig right in. Question number one. They say, hey, one thing my financial advisor did to lower our retirement taxes was to convert our, TS, our traditional TSP to a Roth IRA to pay the taxes now within the next couple years. The reason was to ensure that we are not in a higher income for Medicare Part B, right? So, okay, that's not the whole question, but I'm gonna stop right there because it's a long question. So, okay, let's give some background here. When you turn 65, or if you're still working at 65 when you retire, but if you're already retired right at 65, you can get on Medicare Part B. And for many feds, it does make sense, but that's a whole other conversation. So definitely check out other videos about Medicare and your health insurance, all that good stuff. But um, basically, the more money you make in retirement, the more expensive your Medicare Part B is. But if you stay under earning thresholds, certain earning thresholds that change year to year, if you stay under those, then you pay the minimum amount that you can for Medicare Part B. So what this gentleman is saying is, hey, we went ahead and did some Roth conversions, moved money from our traditional TSP over to a Roth IRA so that once we turn 65, we can start pulling a little more from a Roth IRA to keep our taxable income down as much as we can so that when these earning tests are happening for Medicare Part B, we're gonna be under the threshold. And this is a great strategy. And I know if you're new here, that might be a lot of terminology, a lot of new things to think about, but the bottom line is this, hey, start learning, start listening to these videos, and these, these terms, these strategies will become a lot more familiar and seem a lot more doable for you as you dig in. So again, the strategy is, hey, if you retire before age 65, right, you may have some years before age 65 where Medicare kicks in to do some Roth conversions, meaning you pay the taxes now, you move money from the traditional TSP over to a Roth IRA so that when you turn 65, you have more control over your taxable income and therefore more control on how much you pay for Medicare Part B premium. So that's a great, great point. I'm gonna continue the rest of his question. Okay, so he says, the other reason I'm worried about higher taxes in the future was because the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act will return or those will expire come 2025, putting us in a higher tax bracket than we are now. I would love to hear your thoughts and suggestions. So these are both phenomenal points and taxes in retirement is a huge, huge deal. You definitely wanna think about this. So he's totally right. The 2017, basically the big tax law that changed the last few years of taxes is set to expire in 20, at the end of 2025, right? Um, and there's a lot of pieces to that law. Some, some pieces are expiring earlier, some are later, some are never. Um, but the bottom line is this, taxes are lower because of this for the foreseeable future until then. Now, can laws be passed before now and then? Certainly, things can definitely change. But if nothing changes, tax rates are certainly gonna go up come 2026, right? That's just how it's already built in to the law. So this gentleman is saying is, hey, 
First, we wanna pay taxes now because we don't wanna pay higher Medicare premiums later, but also we think tax rates are just gonna be higher because the law's gonna revert back to what it used to be in 2026. So we wanna pay as much tax as we can now before this happens, right? And this is honestly a great strategy. Now, you don't wanna overdo it, right? You don't wanna pay so much now that you're cranking yourself into such a high tax bracket because you're doing a ton in, in, in singular years, in, in single years, right? You don't want that. But assuming you don't do that, yeah, I think it's a great plan. Do Roth conversions, get money over to the Roth side or after tax side so that later, you don't have to pay taxes. When things like Medicare come into play, maybe higher tax brackets, maybe RMDs, you have more flexibility. It's all, it's all about finding a balanced approach that works for you. So these are great suggestions. So whoever submitted this, I think it's great and definitely something to do for everyone, right? Depending on your situation, if you're retiring after 65 or um, different things, it may not make sense, but um, food for thought. Okay, next question. They say, hey, thanks so much for your informational videos. I wish I had found them before I retired last year. But my question is this. I am single with no dependents and I'm a federal retiree. I have a brother in another state and a lot of distant cousins, but no really close relatives and I live alone. When I die, what will happen to my retirement and my TSP? What arrangements should I make and with whom? Also, the same question regarding medical issues. If I need to go to hospital and, make a, and become inca incapacitated, who will make medical decisions for me? Thanks a lot. So this is one side, this is a great question. This is one side of financial planning that honestly doesn't get talked about a lot, even by me, right? Because there's so many other topics that are, I guess, funner to talk about. But when it comes to financial planning, estate planning is so, so crucial because we know life happens. We know things like incapacitation happens, we pass away, there's accidents, things happen, and you want to make sure that you're prepared, that you have your financial ducks in a row so that no matter what happens, you and your family are gonna be taken care of. This gentleman is single, and so there's maybe no dependence there, but there's so many things that he can do to make sure that his money goes to where he wants it to go, that he has control over his money now and later, no matter what happens, right? So let's break down a couple of his questions here. The first question is, hey, what will happen to my pension and my TSP? So your TSP is easy. Basically, you can fill out a beneficiary form for your TSP. If you don't know how to do that, look it up on the TSP website or call the TSP, they'll walk you through it. You fill out a form, you say, hey, when I pass away, I want my TSP to go to this person. Generally, if you're married, that's your spouse, right? But if you're single or not married, whatever, then you wanna put whoever you want us to go to. And when you pass away, it'll automatically pass straight to them. And so that's a great thing, right? Next, your pension. Again, if you're married, there, if you have a survivor benefit for your spouse, it's gonna go at least a portion of it to your spouse. If you're not married, it's a little harder to leave your pension to anyone at all. It is possible, but it does get expensive depending on the person's age and things like that. So in most cases, if you're single and you pass away, your pension basically stops, okay? It stops paying out. Next, the next question was about, hey, if I am in the hospital, I can't make my own decisions, who can make my decisions for me? And this is a great question. So there's a couple ways to do it, but basically if you sign medical directives, powers of attorney, these kinds of estate documents, then it allows whoever you appoint to make these decisions for you if you cannot, 
right? And so if you're worried about that, definitely get these in place. And honestly, even if you're not worried about it, get them in place. They are so crucial so that you don't put any of your relatives, your family members in uncomfortable situations where they're having to make decisions where they don't know what you actually want. Make it easy for your family. Make it easy so they know exactly what you want and there are the documents in place to make it super easy for them to do that, to help you the best that you can if you can't make your own decisions, right? And it depends on the state exactly what documents you need, but look into it. It's medical directives, um, that's powers of attorneys, both financial and otherwise, um, basic estate documents, whether it's a, a will, a trust, all these things so that if you aren't around, things will happen the way you want them to happen. Your money will go to who you want it to go to. Or if you're incapacitated, that the person that you trust can make financial decisions for you so that your financial phase don't grind to a halt, right? You want things in place and people in place so that things are ready to go when you do, right? It's just being prepared. And I know it's not fun to talk about, right? But it's just about being prepared and on top of things so that no matter what, you and your family are taken care of. So those are the questions for today. I hope that was helpful. If you have any questions, if you like this content, hit subscribe hit, or download whatever is on the podcast or um, you know the like button, whatever it is. Hey, help me out. Come on. Subscribe, like the, like the video, whatever it is. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time.